0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Alright, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Michael. As always, there's
2: no pressure there.
0: <laughs> just- it's, it's been a while since you've missed since yeah, either one of us is while. missed. I've,
2: so. I've been pretty constant. It's it's constant as the mail. And hopefully, uh, you know, the, the debates are on right now. And you and I are going to do our best to not completely talk over each other for two minutes at a time. Yeah, that's
0: one. It's frustrating to listen to because you're not going to be able to hear either what any of us have to say. And you're like, well, that was two minutes I just lost. Um, yeah, th- there are there are radio shows that do that. And I'm just like, no, nope, I, I can't. I can't stand it. So. Um, we are we're moving on. we're talking about football this week. We are not talking about politics. We will talk about food. I can guarantee oh. you that um okay, we do have some questions from you guys, but obviously we're gonna talk about some big twelve football some college football news from around the country, and obviously get to our Kansas State preview. We will be joined by. Um, Scott from Bosco's boys with the Kansas state podcast here on the armchair network. Scott, thanks for joining us this week. We will play that in a little bit. Um, to keep up with us throughout the week, definitely need to follow us on Twitter at 23 personnel. You can follow me Spencer at punt Michael at uh, Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can find us on Instagram as well. 23 personnel podcast, but guys, the thing I want to tell you about the most right now, it 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 teased us for half a second that fall was coming. Michael and I ordered some hoodies from the from the 23 personnel Teespring store. Yeah, we dude, did. these hoodies, they are fantastic. They're premium fleece. They are the most comfortable hoodie I've ever worn. Can't wait to actually get it on more regularly. You can find all that on our store, teespring.com stores slash 23 personnel podcast pick up a hoodie as you know it will be cooling off a little bit take it out to the corn maze drive-in movie it's perfect for all of that finally we are continuing our appearances on rob rose college tailgate show every saturday 10 to noon on kkam talk 1340 esp 960 down there in san angelo You can tune in to the radio, 1340 AM or 960 uh, in San Angelo, the Talk 1340 mobile app or KKAM.com. Did I leave anything off?
2: I think the only thing, because you did an awesome job, Okay. the show is every Saturday at 10 to 12.
0: 10 to noon. All right. Yes. Except if Texas Tech is playing at 11, which we won't be for at least another couple of weeks. The Iowa State game kickoff time was announced as 2.30. So we will we will remain at 10 to noon at least halfway through October. So, yeah. The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams starting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing. They actually started today, Tuesday night. You might now be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on, the, on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Bet online, you are online sports book experts. Michael. Yes. Michael. Michael. Yes. yes. Michael. Let's talk some football. All right, I'm ready.
1: takes it at the 11 he's going to try to get to the right sideline breaks the tackle he's got running room at the 30 the 35 40 he's the midfield the 45 40 he may go 45 10 touchdown red raiders davis wep the freshman screen underneath there at Moore. Breaks the tackle still. up the sideline turns on the
0: juice touchdown
1: so harold in the shotgun from the twenty-eight, the throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh he breaks. Oh, he's the worst! Red oh. unbelievable! Red Raider. unbelievable! Oh, Raiders. Oh, it's oh, it's unbelievable. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it.
0: Let the scoring begin. All right, <sighs> Michael. <laughs> I, I I have to bring this up because, um, it was a perfect storm of things that did not go well for Texas tech this weekend and things went well for a former coach. And it's, it's been ticking me off. I am a a member of, I don't know, half a dozen Facebook groups uh, related to Texas tech fandom or when we went to school there or all that kind of stuff. And I swear my feed was chock full of people loving on Mike Leach what year is it? It is year of our Lord 2020.
2: Okay. So we're, we're approaching, we're, we're approaching 12 years, 12 years removed from, from coach Leach.
0: We are just a couple of months away from 12 years. At what point?
2: And I think that's what you were trying to get at when you, when you sent out this, this tweet, almost infamous tweet on Sunday.
0: <laughs> and it was out of frustration. Yeah. At what point are we going to get over this decade long plus infatuation? Um, yeah, that
2: was, that was what you asked. And apparently uh, several, several replies later, there are a lot of people who never will. They I, never will. And they're going to at Kent Hance and include me in that, which I really <laughs> appreciate. Thanks. Thanks guys uh, yeah, let's, let's just at, at the chancellor, um, and tell him how, how crappy he is and how much he put the program in the gutter. So, and be sure to include me in those ads. That's just been fantastic to be a part of. I, I don't get it. I mean, I I think it, we've talked about this before on here, so I'm going to try not to relive too much, but it's, it's like people who go through the the stages of grief they're, they're still at the denial and anger stage 12 years later, and they're never <laughs> going to go further than that. Dude, that's that's what... just going to be it. They're going to carry that denial and anger to their grave. And the, the denial is going to be, well, Leach would have stayed here forever. Won lies and by the time he left, we would have won big 12 championships, plural, made the college playoff.
0: just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient, comfortable. Ah.
2: All sorts of great will and beautiful things would have would have happened to this football program.
0: And okay, so here's here's what I'm going to say. I don't doubt that Texas Tech could have been a competitor with leach as the coach we obviously saw that in 2008 he had a super talented team um you know and and, even in 09 he he i'm sorry no he claimed it was no no. it's fine like yeah where you want that 09 he said he had his most talented team
2: yeah in 09 he kind of you know the quarterback position was definitely harrell was one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at tech so that was his first year without him and he was figuring stuff out, still won nine games. I mean, tech hasn't sniffed nine games since then. Tech also plays right. 10 power five teams a year now.
0: Instead of seven,
2: instead of seven or eight,
0: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to go through some of these replies just really quickly before we move on. Um, I mean, in, in, in example, as an example of what you just said, One of the replies, Mike Leach was the best coach we ever had and was unjustly fired. I'd do anything to get him back. (sighs) I mean, that two sentences and like there are three things wrong with that statement. Best coach, I I, I could probably get on board with that. That's fine. Um, Unjustly fired. No, he was fired with cause as it was. Determined many different times and you do anything to get him back like. But why? Like, I, I, I think people remember, like, how fun 2007, 2008 and 2009 were. But they forget that he was literally like, he was tied to literally every job opening. And that was his choice. He was shopping around. Like everyone's talking about, oh, he'd be at Texas Tech forever. Like. It wasn't even a sure thing he'd be back after 2000, 2009 anyways.
2: Oh, there's yeah, there's no guarantees. I mean, I'm sure Washington State thought they had him
0: a little bit longer, too. Ask them how they're feeling right now. Yeah. Um, Briggsy, I've been married long enough to know not to answer a question that someone isn't looking for an answer. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, though, Briggs. Like, when, when do you think uh, our fan base is going to get over this? Alan Corbin, whenever Tech gets a winning conference record and wins a mediocre bowl in the same season, this is <laughs> the way. I um, do
2: like this answer, but I will counter it, Alan, with theoretically, this should be right
0: theoretically this should be the correct answer. If you match what Mike Leach has historically done a winning conference record and wins a mediocre bowl. Yeah. Just move and, on. We've done it. And, you know, yeah. Kingsbury did that his first year too. I mean, it was,
2: of course, I mean the holiday bowls, not, not even that mediocre, but, but yeah, uh, a lot of years after that with some bad success, <laughs> bad success. Is that a thing? That's not a thing. But the, the only thing I was going to counter with that, on Alan's response was even if tech does that, no matter what tech does, there's still going to be the same faction of people who will take it to the next level and say, but leech would have blank. So if tech gets a winning conference record and wins a mediocre bowl, yeah, well, leech would have won the big 12 with this team. Or if, if tech wins the big 12, if Matt Wells wins the big 12 in 2022, if we're all still here and playing football. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, Leach would have gotten into the, uh, the college football playoff. It doesn't matter. He would have won a national title. Yeah. There's a faction of people. Yeah. Well, Leach with this roster would have, or one, he would have had a better roster anyway. Cause he was an awesome recruiter.
0: Yeah. Uh, one lady says in all fairness, the students who have attended Texas tech post Leach have not experienced that kind of energy at a Texas tech game and cannot relate to it okay like what is
2: yeah they're not the ones that are crying for him to come back
0: no you are it is truly hard to let go my hope is that energy vibe and passion for tech football return very soon i I mean i yeah i I, my hope is that energy does come back but like you're not going to get it by looking at somebody else having success elsewhere um Some of the current beard basketball era energy. Now nothing compares product on the field of court plus personality and head coach position. That personality he's talking about was him berating players publicly. Like, is that something that we really want to applaud? Like everybody, well, I expect, Oh, look what he said. Fat little girlfriends. Like, like, okay. But also (laughs) like there were things he said publicly that would have been gotten him fired had he said it in 2020, or at least like put major pressure on him, and like they would have asked for an apology, and we know how he feels about making apologies for things he thinks he didn't he didn't do wrong. Um, like everybody thinks that that his his personality is, is charming, but like it's actually like kind of annoying. Like he goes into a press conference and wants to talk about whatever he wants to. It's like great, but like you're kind of screwing over like the people that work in the media or the people that are really interested in following your team and and getting information. You're just like, let's talk about paintings of cats.
2: Is that what he said today? I have no idea. I don't care. I don't know. It could could be. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm,
0: you got a couple more. I'm, I'm already kind of done. I'm already annoyed when Red Raider football upsets a top ranked team. Again, they have, instead of just upsetting its own fan base. I mean, I, you, I mean, it was with, under Tuberville, but you went to Norman and beat Oklahoma who had never been beaten on their field. in like four or five years, like it was like, like 60 home games in a row. They hadn't lost. So that's out. Oh, look, Carson Robinson responds as it. Yeah. Uh, John Sparks, Mike who, uh, once a Marine, always a Marine, never When, when we can pack the Jones for the whole game, because it's too exciting to leave when we can return to winning more than we lose loose when we can beat any team at home in the fourth quarter, when teams are nervous to play us, even when they are ranked, we are still here finished. So a lot of that has to do with like the atmosphere in the stadium. Fans have to take some accountability and responsibility for that, right? It's not just, that's Mike, um, not Mike, that's Matt Wells' responsibility. Partially, sure. But he can't control whether or not 30,000 people vacate at halftime.
2: Yeah, not directly. Obviously, winning games would be usually what would would keep it but even the last few years but
0: we guess. saw that yeah we, we saw it last year like it didn't really matter what the what the result of the game was or how close game. like people, people just didn't just come left. back
2: yeah even against Oklahoma State I think people left thinking oh well this one's over but it's kind of like well it's a it's a ranked team that you haven't beat in a long time at the Jones
0: don't you want to stick around nah nah we're good we've seen enough Anyways, I, I, I sent that out and just kind of in frustration of all the things I saw on Facebook and was not expecting the, the response. But anyways, we y- might as
2: well re- expect it because in a lot of people's heads, it is still January 1st, 2009 or
0: 2010 whatever
2: year it was 2010.
0: Okay. And so just in response to that really quickly, I will not like, in, in terms of like hypotheticals and like Hills, I will die on, um, like I'm not going back and changing that leech was fired. I'm going back and saying, had you retained Ruffin McNeil and Lincoln Riley, like you would not have seen the drop off you did with Tuberville, Kingsbury, Wells, you know, 12 years later, obviously. It probably
2: wouldn't be as big of a leech fan club right now either. It it would still be there, but I don't think it would be quite as bad.
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't help that both of those coaches, McNeil and Riley, both went on to be successful elsewhere. And they were basically cut free because they were too closely associated with Leach. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. Anyways, um, moving on. This weekend's game, Kansas State, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. It will be on FS1 at 2.30. We did mention a little earlier. Next week's game versus Iowa State. That kickoff has been set for two thirty on the mothership on ABC. Not sure why, but I don't know either. My, my mom will get to watch two games
2: that so far because she doesn't have cable. I texted her the other day, <laughs> so she, so she got to, ABC. <laughs> yeah, and I, I told her about the just because I know she follows tech, but I didn't. Anyway, I just kind of said, ah, well, Tech plays Texas today at 2.30 if you want to watch on Channel 34. She's like, great, OK. I said <laughs> "I said I'll it may it not go very well, you know, just something kind of like that. And then, of course, <laughs> it was like one of the most exciting games that Tech's played in a, in a good while. So she got a kick out of watching it. Yeah. So great. Hopefully the, the, she'll be able to watch Iowa State and the result will be a little bit better.
0: Yeah, hope so, Michael. We um, th- this may be a running segment here on the sh- on the podcast. We need to update everybody how the Texas Tech defensive secondary is faring compared to the okay. rest of the country.
2: I've got an update for you. I'll, I'll roll through this as quick as I can. So for this week, uh, another twenty or so teams have played. So they have, thank you, SEC. Yep, there are now seventy-two FBS teams that have played a game. Texas Tech is 69th out of 72 nice. with passing yards allowed per game at 417. So that's per game. LSU bringing it all back to Leach. Is, you did this is, on purpose. <laughs> is last They are the 72nd team in the country um, after allowing 623 passing yards against Mississippi State. So it all comes back to Leach. He probably would have thrown for 800 yards, but decided to back off. Anyway, so that is passing yards allowed per game. Texas Tech is currently 70th in passing yards allowed this season, which is not good. The per game thing, okay, that's also not great, but Tech's only played two games, and we know the first game was really bad. Second game was not as bad. Second game was not as bad. It was sub 400, so help them bring the average down it's <laughs> but now that they are 70th in passing yards allowed this season that means that the two teams behind them of course have played three and four games apiece. yikes and then there are 17 teams ahead of tech that have played more games than than tech so that's a lot it's we'll, we'll update this quickly but hopefully it won't be hopefully it'll get better as the season goes
0: so really quickly, um, if you have listened to the Rob Rogue college tailgate show, uh, you heard Rob and I kind of get into it on projected wins this year for Mississippi state. Um, I, oh, I mean, along with, with a lot of people r- was wrong about LSU, the game this weekend. Um, Rob graciously gave me a game and a half. Um, so, so we, we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, how how leach is able to to bounce i wouldn't say bounce back but <clears throat> how to direct this this success moving forward um if he's able to to win more than one game this year which i would ex- expect is possible now <laughs> after uh winning that game uh at lsu yeah it seems like there's a chance <laughs> it's like you're telling me there's a chance um AP top 25 update. Cause we have to do this. We did hear the big 10 Pac 12 make plans that they're coming back and guess who jumped back in the rankings. Oh, it's beautiful. All these teams that have not played a game
2: and will not play a game until the 24th of October at the earliest.
0: <laughs> so biggest jump, or I guess the, the, the first one that's going to stick out to everybody is obviously Ohio state. They check in at number six. Whoa. They were unranked last week, Spencer. What changed? What did they do? They uh, announced a schedule. Um, oh, okay. They are. Oh, no, like you said, they won't play for another month. So again, like how do you how do you handle a team that's in the rankings has a schedule but won't be playing for four weeks? Like I would like to there will be my question. There'll be teams ahead of them. that have six games under their belt by the time they get to the first game. It'd be like six no notre dame oh no ohio state <laughs> it's like okay right, was your yeah, question yeah
2: no i, I was i was going to amend my question originally of will ohio state be ranked in the top four before they play <laughs> or the top five before they play and i'm really it's it's going to happen but now it's just kind of like which team are they waiting to lose because Clemson's one, Alabama's two, Florida's three, Georgia's four, and Notre Dame's five. I think of those teams, if any of them lose, the first one to drop out is probably going to be Florida. Because I don't think voters like Florida. (laughs) I don't know why, but I don't think they do. So if Florida drops out and then probably, oh, maybe Notre Dame, then yeah, we're going to see a top five Ohio State. But we're going to see a top five Ohio State no matter what, before they play.
0: <laughs> it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. They're going to continue to move up their rankings, having not played any games. Just the teams in front of them are losing.
2: Um, I mean, it was always funny after a bye week or something, but after six, you know, nine <laughs> bye weeks
0: <laughs> to roll in. All right. So really quickly, top 25, Clemson, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Notre Dame are your top five. Ohio State, Auburn, uh, Miami, Texas, Penn State, another Big Ten team. Um, all those teams are undefeated or haven't played yet. Uh, Eleven UCF, North Carolina, Texas A&M, Oregon hasn't played yet. Cincinnati, Mississippi State, unranked to sixteenth, seventeenth, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma dropped all the way from third to eighteenth. Thanks for including teams that haven't played yet. I'm sure they're they're really thrilled about dropping that far. Wisconsin at nineteen, LSU at twenty. They dropped from six to twenty. Tennessee, they they won a game and dropped five spots. They, they won a close game on the road, which was supposed to be close, at South Carolina. They joined from 16
2: to 21st. I didn't catch that.
0: 16 to 21. BYU, Michigan, Pittsburgh, Memphis, all rounding out the top 25.
2: What's What's great about the Oklahoma thing is there are, let's see, one to, I think, three teams ahead of them that just entered the top 25 this week that haven't played. So theoretically, Oklahoma would have only dropped to 15th or something in a a real year. They wouldn't have dropped
0: 15 places. They would have dropped uh, 12 or 13. (laughs) And even that seems like a little bit of an overreaction. Um, Because it's not like they got blown out. I mean, they, they lost the game where they... They were minus four in the turnover margin. um, And they lost by three. No votes for
2: Texas Tech this week.
0: Uh, They finally stopped receiving votes. Look at that. Uh, Other teams receiving votes, Minnesota. Um, Let's see who else is on there. Iowa, Utah, Arkansas State, Washington. Those are all teams that haven't played but are receiving votes. Look at that. Fantastic. Um, Like we said, Pac-12, Big Ten are back. Big 10, that conference will be coming back first. Uh, Pac-12, um, a little bit later. The logistics on their schedules, crack me up. The Big 10 is going to play, what is it, eight conference games without a bye week. Uh, the Pac-12 yep. is going to try to s- squeeze in like six or seven games, whatever. Same kind of time frame. They're going to try to wrap it up before that last weekend of the college football playoff rankings. So they can still be considered. But again, how are you going to really effectively or efficiently rank a team that may be five and one, like like a five and one Oregon versus like a eight and two other power five school that has played 10 games? Like, well, they have eight wins, but they have two losses. They has, they have two losses.
2: Yeah. The sample size is really going to come into play. I don't know how in the world you figure out how to get Ohio state in the playoff, but I'll be, I'm I'm sure they're going to do it.
0: They're going to find a way. All right, let's look around the, the Big 12 this past weekend before we talk about this week. Uh, obviously, our upcoming opponent, Kansas State, took down Oklahoma in Norman 38 35. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But they did it behind um, being plus four in the turnover margin this weekend. Yeah, that never hurts. <laughs> and like scoring, what, well, like 31 points in the second half or? Uh, like 28 or something straight. I don't know. It it was ridiculous. Um, Iowa State TCU. I was wrong on this. I thought it was going to be a low scoring, ugly game. Iowa State goes on the road and wins 37, 34 Uh, West Virginia goes into Stillwater and drops that game by two touchdowns, 13 to 27. Oklahoma State wins that one. Uh, And then our first look at Baylor. Baylor took down the Kansas Jayhawks 47 to 14. I
2: was very wrong on that one. I thought this is Baylor's first game of the season. They're going to be rusty. Kansas hopefully is better than they looked against Coastal Carolina. I think the spread was 17 and a half or something in favor of Baylor. And I thought, nah, there's no way that Baylor covers that. And yeah, blew him out of the water. Yeah.
0: Not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. Um, yeah. And obviously the Texas Tech game. On a plus side, you did score more points versus Texas than you ever have. Yeah, that's a that's a record. That's, that's good. That's fun. That's, that's nice.
2: They were all in regulation, too. Hey.
0: <laughs> you did. You no scored one, all no of No one
2: you. can even say, oh, well, but that was an overtime game. Yeah, but
0: you know what? Texas Tech didn't score in overtime. Over, over, in overtime. All right, before we get into our Kansas State preview... We need to remind everybody, guys, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there's one thing you can control and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do just so. If you guys, you need to check out their website, manscaped.com. They have all of their products there. The Lawnmower 3.0 is their latest premium electric trimmer designed to give you confidence boost through body image. You can also find Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. You can find uh, the Crop Preserver. It's a deodorant. You can find um, Crop Reviver. It's a testy toner. It's like having cologne. Um, Guys, you just just need to go to manscaped.com, check it all out, uh, and see what they have for you. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the code ARMCHAIR. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Hey, Spencer. What's up?
2: The wait is finally over. Yeah, the header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA finals are here. Heat Lakers start on Wednesday night, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. I think those just started tonight as well. You might be at a game this year. Are you? Uh, You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook
0: experts. Alright guys, we we teased it a little earlier, we brought it up, our man Scott with Bosco's Boys, the Kansas State Podcast is joining us for a little bit of a Kansas State preview, he's the expert there, so we're going to turn it over to him for a few minutes, and we'll bring it back to give you our preview.
1: What on everyone, this is Scott McFarlane of Bosco's Boys Podcast, the K-State Sports Podcast inside the Armchair Media Network. I wanted to hop on with you guys to give a quick little primer into how I see this game going between your Texas Tech Red Raiders and my Kansas State Wildcats. Before I hop into it, I want to take this moment to thank all of Red Raiders Nation for Patrick Mahomes. As someone who is a Chiefs fan like many of my Kansas State brethren, I just want to say thank you for the greatest quarterback, to ever live. So let's get into it. And and again, sorry for going off script so much. No, no, it's wild. We've been in this conference together for 25 years. And again, uh, a lot of history because, you know, the very first big 12 game in the history of our great conference happened between our two great institutions. So I want to give a tip of a cap to you guys and hope for 25 years more of fun football between our two schools So first off, I think, uh, as everyone knows, K-State was part of that embarrassing week one for the conference, dropping a nail-biter to Arkansas State. Now, I could make a lot of excuses with COVID. I could make a lot of excuses that Arkansas State had their entire spring football period, plus a spring game. I could say they got to start practice earlier, and they got a game before it. But at the end of the day, that's a disappointing loss to a Sunbelt team. Uh, no matter how you slice or dice it. It was part of that really disappointing week one for the Big 12. But I think as the entire world knows, uh, they got a massive bounce back versus Oklahoma, Last week, it's the second straight win for Chris Kleiman over Lincoln Riley, the second straight, uh, you know, more than 20 point underdog win. It was a 21 point comeback in the third quarter, only the second time since the turn of the century. A team has pulled that off versus a top three team in the AP poll. So again, it is a very wacky and wild way we got to one and one at this point uh COVID-19 has been one of the biggest talking points for K-State football this season. Uh in the first game they were missing five or six guys off the two deep last week in that one versus Oklahoma, it was nine. Each week you came very close to having to see a cancellation due to the Big 12 roster rules, I'd be lying to you guys if I didn't say that I'm going to have at least one eye on those Friday tests to see what might happen, Uh, you know, until we get to a point where uh, there's a vaccine or something. I think every week is going to be touch and go at K-State or until, uh, you know, you just hit herd immunity, which, you know, I'm not sure if you're ever going to get there this season. Um, You know, coming into... Uh, This week, the expectations uh, for this week and moving forward, you have no idea. You saw a team lay an egg versus Arkansas State and turn around, beat Oklahoma. I think anyone who says they have a good idea of what to expect uh, in this season is just a flat-out liar. Uh, If you're looking at what the strengths are for this K-State team, on the offensive side of the ball, it's taking care of the ball. They haven't turned it over yet this year. Then also, ironically enough, they've been home run hitters, which is not something you saw under Bill Snyder. It's not something you saw last year under Chris Kleiman. Historically, both programs and especially Chris Kleiman wants to be a ball control offense. Well, last week versus Oklahoma was all about the home run play. The week, before, the game before, it was all about the home runs that you didn't connect on. So I would say that is a strength on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, it's the exact opposite. They've now turned over the other team six times, and then special teams, they blocked two punts. That is something that hopefully is going to be a recipe for success for the future for K-State. Uh, ironically enough, the weaknesses on this team are third down, both offense and defense, which is where... Both sides of the ball thrived so much last week. So if KC State's going to get a win, they're going to have to connect on those big plays on offense, and they're going to have to turn Texas Tech over on defense. Fact of the matter is is if Texas Tech holds on to the ball, if they can you know, keep it without turning it over, I think this is going to be a massive shootout. Guys that you're going to want to watch on both sides of the ball, Skylar Thompson, Uh, Weirdly enough, he is a lightning rod amongst K State fans. There is a loud, sizable group of K State fans who are ready to move on from the four-year starter, wanting to see what could be there for the future. And Will Howard, I'm not one of those people. I think Skylar Thompson is a K State legend. He now has three wins over top ten opponents, as well as multiple fourth quarter comebacks. I think the kid is a gamer and he has a will to win. So if he's going to succeed on offense, that's going to give K-State a great chance. On the defensive side of the ball, Jaren McPherson, he was named the defensive player of the week for a nationwide award by, the, by a couple different organizations. He had a great game where he had 11 tackles, a forced fumble, and an interception last week. He was banged up in that Arkansas State game, and he only had, I I believe, one possession on defense, and we saw how that game went. So if he's healthy, if he has a big game, that is going to be massive for K-State. So those are the two guys I'm going to have an eye on. You guys probably should too. Um, If K-State's going to win the game, like I said, it's going to have to force turnovers, and they're going to have to hit home runs, uh, which ironically is exactly... Uh, what they didn't do last year it's crazy to see how in this pandemic season how different things become the need for different teams if you're gonna force me to make a prediction i think it's gonna hit you over i think it's gonna be a close game a uh, gun to my head maybe i'm out above my skis i'm saying k-state 45 texas tech 41 in a super close game back and forth um, take your blood pressure medicine before this. It's going to be a wild one. Again, this is Scott McFarland. I'm at Scott Wildcat on Twitter, Bosco's Boys Podcast. Give our preview, a listen, and uh, keep supporting your boys at the 23 Personnel, uh, the best Texas Tech podcast I listen to. And I'm a podcast addict, so I'm listening to podcasts all over the conference. So you guys have a good one. And thanks again for Patrick Mahomes.
0: I want to thank Scott again for joining us. Um, Michael. So. Some of the things he brought up, uh, one like that just blows my mind, Kansas State has yet to turn the ball over in 2020. They are plus six in the turnover margin. They've even blocked two punts. So in, I guess, Kansas State fashion, they do try to dictate the offensive pace. They try to slow the game down a little bit. But also they're being um, super protective of the ball. They are not turning it over.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge to, to have that kind of margin of, you know, tech sits this somewhat recently, some of those Gibbs defenses were able to grab the ball quite a bit from uh, the offense. So it does help a ton. It's a big momentum shift, especially when your defense can't get, seem to get off the field by stopping a play. If they can somehow turn up with the ball that changes everything. And that changed everything for, k-state on saturday uh one thing i wanted to say to scott is you are welcome for pat mahomes you've taken patrick. such good care yes you're careful right, careful according to the qb producer herself um
0: <laughs> she has a corrected producer. the
2: internet on the first name to use for her son so speaking of son i did see that as well he's expecting a little child yeah patrick mahomes and and britney that will be parents to, to a child.
0: So congratulations to everybody all around. Thanks. Thanks. I want (laughs) to go ahead and accept that. (laughs) Put that in the universe with a 23 baby over here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 um, we're proud to be a part of, of, of this anyway, the, the thing about, um, you know, Skylar Thompson, it
0: surprised me that he's only been starting for four years. I feel like he's (laughs) only been around half of my life. I I was going to say something very similar. It's like when, when when he said he was a, like some of the fan base wants to move on from four year starters, like it really has been four years, but like, it feels like he's been there for forever. Cause like when I think back to before Skylar Thompson, I think of Colin Klein and obviously there's a gap there, but it feels like it went Colin Klein to Skylar Thompson.
2: Right. And that was, you know, just a year or two ago when that, when that (laughs) changed hands. So um that just threw me off guard, made me feel old. But he does he does, especially this year, has made smart decisions with the football. Uh that highlight video I was able to watch of the OU and I, I watched some of it live. Uh you know, dad duties took over at some point, but I did watch some of the comeback. He he makes good throws. Uh he he doesn't make dangerous throws, or he didn't, at least in the ones I saw. And he's able to hit his streaking guys downfield too. And that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about was the home run play that uh, Scott mentioned because Tech is yet to connect on many home run plays. But just this Saturday, Kansas State had plays of 38, 39, 77, and 78 yards. Mm. I mean, Tech hasn't done that all year.
0: Well, you had the one running play from Sir Thompson that was seventy five yards uh, before that, though I think your longest play was twenty nine yards, and it was the touchdown that T j. Fasher caught like the drive before. You right. Um, and then you that, did that's you, exactly it. You didn't have very many or any like big explosive plays against Houston Baptist either.
2: no, and that's that's the plays that this defense is more likely to give up, which is kind of scary to have an offense coming in hot with a little bit of a kind of got that ability to hit people deep and, and make people miss and really make them pay for it. Uh, Especially with a guy like Deuce Vaughn, who who Scott didn't mention, but man, you and I both picked up on him. He's tech fans. He's like Jakeem Grant. Basically he's, he's not a big guy. He's fast as all get out. He's a running back who can catch the ball. Uh, he was responsible for two of those big plays he had a 38 yard rushing play and it it was he either had the 77 or 78 yard uh mm-hmm. passing play and a lot of most of that was yards after catch obviously you know who's gonna who besides mr mahomes is gonna throw a ball 78 yards in the air or something but deuce deuce Vaughn worries me big time he's gonna get lost in the shuffle and and this defense has got to be able to pick him up cause
0: he's going to get open. And if he gets open, he may be gone. Yeah. So I, I gave a preview for Bosco's boys, the podcast on the, on the Texas tech side. And I said, you know, one of the things that, that our defense is concerned about um, is obviously the past defense. And we've been a little bit better, but being able to consistently keep things in front of us and and to make tackles um, watching some of the game and the highlights from this past week in Kansas state at Oklahoma, I am concerned (laughs) because like when you were talking about Deuce Vaughn, uh, I mean, yeah, he's small, he's shifty, but like, if you don't have good contact, if you don't wrap up, like he is going to squirt through and find another dozen yards after first contact or not even initiate contact. And he's just going to like drop you on the field there and just keep moving. Um, so that that's that's potentially a, a big problem. They were able to hit big home run plays, like you were saying. What Scott said and mentioned though, that gives me a little bit of I guess more of a key just to, to keep an eye on, obviously. Uh third down, both offense and defense for Kansas State. He said they were they were inconsistent and um he considered it a, a pretty big weakness that There were stretches of the game where they couldn't stay on the field on third down. They couldn't convert and they couldn't stop um, a team from converting. Uh, If we can continue to move the ball, Texas Tech can continue to move the ball, um, convert some of these drives into points because we know uh, they are going to make drives a premium. You're going to have to convert some of these points, some of these drives into points, most of them at least. Um, I don't think it'll be a shootout. Scott said it, it, it could get into a shootout. I don't think it will. I think it'll be closer than that. Um, but it'll, I mean this, this Kansas state team feels a little bit more explosive than a historical Bill Snyder team, but Kleiman does the same thing where he's able to slow the game down. Uh, I think yes. they ran 51 plays at Oklahoma and like Texas tech defends 51 plays and a half. um,
2: but that's, that's where I was going with that. It always feels like Kansas State, even with Kleinman, has figured out a way to slow the game down to an extent. And he was able to do that with the Sooners. I mean, the Sooners only put up 35, and that's low. <laughs> you know, that's low mm-hmm. for them. And Kansas State just slowly, methodically came right back. But you're right. I mean, Tech's defense has a chance against this offense on third downs. Third down efficiency against OU, Kansas State was two for 11. You know, we were bragging about Tech was, uh, I think, 50%, which is great. Then on the, on the defensive side, OU was seven for 12. So that could be something to really try to key in on and take advantage of. But even so, I'm, I'm not super confident about Tech's chances heading into their first road game of the season. Uh, against a team that just beat OU in Norman, no, I mean, for not, sure. But granted, it was a it was still considered a sellout crowd because, Lord forbid, they don't get to say how many years they had a consecutive sellout in in Norman. But there were a lot of people there because that stadium
0: holds a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think I saw on the on the web there that they had a twenty seven percent capacity, which I don't know if that was. Like if the twenty seven percent was what they were capped at, or if they weren't, they just measured the number of people that were there as a percentage. The other thing I, I look at as a key to the game, super specific, going back to um, third down specifically. But when if you can force Skylar Thompson into a passing, a passing down, a passing situation versus Texas, who's supposed to have one of the better offensive lines in the in the conference, you were able to get pressure on Sam Ellinger rushing three Kansas state does not have the same offensive line. I believe they were their entire line is consisted of new starters this year. I don't think they have any returning talent on the line uh, from previous seasons. So you have an opportunity there to, um, force more, uh, long third down attempts or, you know, get some pressure on Skyler Thompson, maybe you can force a turnover that way. Um, but with a, a basically a brand new offensive line and with what you were able to do against Texas, who had a really good offensive line. Uh, I, I would look to see how, how you can get a little bit of pressure on Thompson.
2: Yeah. I think that's going to be a big difference maker here. And they had a guy kick a 50 yard field goal to win the game. He drilled it, dude. Blake Lynch, man, that was a no doubter. and, in that situation, to of course they were tied. There's
0: and there was still time. The game wasn't left. over. Yeah, yet. there was still so time left. The ball back. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but it was.
0: But it just they just have
2: they just do a lot of these little things right that Tech was unable to do this last week. You know they got the turnovers. They hit the deep ball. Uh, they didn't make mistakes on special teams. They blocked a punt. I mean it's that's a a worrisome part of it to me too is we've seen tech be unable to stop a a rush on the punter and here's a team coming in that's blocked two this season so maybe they'll kind of figure that out and work it out a little bit but i think it's i think it's down to where we make our picks and those of you have listened long enough may be able to tell kind of where we're leaning but as of right now, I'm going to have to go with Kansas State winning this one. Um, I see the lines at two and a half, over-unders at 65. So, I'm taking the over, but I'm not really expecting a shootout. Um, I, I just think they're going to kind of methodically do about like they did last week. So, why not have them score in the exact same amount of points? <laughs> so, Kansas State 38, Tech 31. That's where I'm landed.
0: So, I'm also... Um, what is that? I'm also on the over. Nope. No, sorry. Just under if I can do math. Uh, but I, I, I still have Kansas state winning this one, uh, by about a touchdown 34, 28. Um, we haven't seen this team hit the road yet. Again, we're still unsure what kind of team we're going to have. Uh, if it's going to be the team we saw versus Texas, if that's going to be what we're going to get this year. If it's going to be the team that we had versus Houston Baptist, um, but with what m- momentum has and, and who's going to be at home um, and just their style of play, uh, I, I I tend to favor Kansas State in this one. I don't know. Uh, preseason, I picked Kansas. I, I picked this game as a Kansas. I picked this game versus Kansas State as a win for Texas Tech. I'm going to reverse on that. I'm going to say Kansas State's going to win this one. It'll be close. Um, and it may be one of those things where, you know, it's you know, 34-21 you score touchdown and then you need an onside kick and you can't pull it off or uh, you're, you're hoping for one more stop and Kansas State's able to bleed out the clock. I'm not sure, but I think it's going to be close. But like I said, I'm going to favor the wildcats in this one, Michael, the rest of the big 12 schedule. Um, gosh, it, if there was ever, uh, you know, I'm going to borrow a term from our, my other, my favorite sports podcast, the solid verbal. If there was ever a window of opportunity, uh, and, and what they use for that is like, if, you know, if you have something to get done, um, you know, if, if there's a window in the schedule that you go, OK, um, the gets pretty weak from 11 to 230. I'm going to use that to go do errands or, or spend time with the family or whatever. I mean, there the whole Big 12 schedule is the window of opportunity this weekend. Um, TCU down in Austin at Texas, Baylor at West Virginia could be entertaining, interesting. Oklahoma State at Kansas, Texas Tech at Kansas State, Oklahoma at Iowa State. What what of those games interest to you, Michael?
2: I am somewhat interested in Baylor at West Virginia because Baylor's just so unknown and right. West West Virginia is still, I mean, they they didn't get blown out of the water or anything by Oklahoma State last week, but I will be watching Oklahoma versus iowa state because tech plays iowa state the following week but i i don't know it is you're kind of right Uh, maybe in a year where we knew tcu would be really good but that's completely uncertain um yeah i don't have a lot of response for you on that one oklahoma state at kansas that doesn't sound good at all Mm
0: -mm. have you seen the line for oklahoma and iowa state
2: it's I have, but I forgot what it was.
0: Seven points. Oh. It's Oklahoma, Oklahoma minus seven in Ames.
2: Hammer the Sooners.
0: <laughs> you would think, you would hope. Um, but yeah, that, that that one had me thinking, I was like, wh- why? Like, I mean, I, I know Spencer Rattler threw three interceptions last week, but. Well, and one of them was, I think, the last play of the game, but. And but still, yeah. (laughs) And the one that happened early on in the game was like, it was tipped at the line of scrimmage. So so it wasn't like, it was a tip. Yeah. It's not like he threw into bad coverage. Anyways, I don't, I don't know what they saw there. And they've heard about people who won't be available, but yeah, that don't have thinking It's like, Ooh, minus seven. That's it. All right. Um, Michael, we did get a question this week. We did. And I believe it's just the one I believe it's just the one. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll hit refresh, but uh, it's, it's just the one. Cause you know, one's all we need. One is all you need. So we're going to, we're going to skip the the special musical intro here and just get right into it. Scott, our man from the Bosco's boys did submit. What is your all time favorite Red Raider uniform combo? He must know that we're a fashion blog. Yes. Hashtag fashion blog. Hashtag.
2: Uh, you know, I've really, I think we've, I'll agree that all the throwbacks recently have been good, including the ones that they wore on Saturday against UT. A solid, yep. Flat double T uh,
0: homage to, like the '76 team that won the Southwest Conference. That sounds right. Or was it Border then? Either oh, it was probably the Border Conference. Yeah. Um,
2: I really like that one. I'm I'm always going to be a fan of the, boat black glitter helmets from. My heyday at Tech as a student. I don't like get why to oh eight. I
0: don't get why people hate on those helmets so much. I I, I liked.
2: I love them. I think they're I think they're great. I, I wonder how they would look with a flat double T. Let's just throw that out there. See if anyone's listening. <laughs> it's an interesting combination. But go on. Bring back the the bass boat glitter. But I'm not a huge uniform takes guy. But man, I have loved the throwbacks. Those are those have been my favorite lately. And um, you know the all blacks back when Tech had those really couple of good years and they were the only school wearing all black until everyone started wearing all black and then I kind of got over it. Yeah. Um everyone stole it practically. Oklahoma State wears black. Baylor wears black.
0: TCU um, wears black.
2: TCU wears black. <laughs> it's like screw off guys. That's not one of your colors. Um
0: anyway. yeah so I, I would go with you on on some of the throwbacks. I think the one that one of the throwbacks that sticks out to me that I really like um it was a Southwest Conference throwback. It was, there was the flat double T, the black and like the gray pants with like the red and black stripe or the red and white shirt, whatever it was on the side. I think it was the one, the uniforms we wore versus Arkansas. Um, Yes, that was Arkansas. Yep. That was kind of like those couple of years. That was was really good. Yeah. That was kind of a Zach Thomas throwback. Mm -hmm. The Uh, ones I don't like obviously are like the special event uniforms. Uh, Like the, I I think we've mentioned this before. I think there was one wounded warrior. Uh, Uniform that I liked and I think it was the first one that we wore versus Missouri that had like just a little bit of camo on the black uniform Um, it doesn't hurt that that was one of the only only wins warrior games we won (laughs) yep it was um, I don't know if it was overtime but it was it was a a game you won versus a ranked opponent where you you rushed the field Um, any of like the Lone Star Pride uniforms there's no there's nothing proud about those uniforms they're they're horrendous Um, I can't think I'm not remembering anything else Besides some of those really weird designs, like the red to black ombre versus Oklahoma, uh, the white to silver ones that we wore against Oklahoma State weren't horrendous. I like the helmet.
2: I love that he asked us about our favorites, and we, we just... You are know, like, yeah, you know, there's some that we like, but then we, we've we gone five minutes on the ones that we hated.
0: Because and, and, <laughs> here's the thing. Who, I, I, as a team that doesn't get any kind of different uniforms, like maybe, maybe he's like... <laughs> I just need some, some like insight into what, what other teams are feeling like when they have a bunch of different combinations. I me just say, I'm not a big fan of having a a ton of combinations. I don't think you need to be LSU and wear one um, or the Cowboys, but like, dang, like it, it makes sense what Wells is trying to do to get, you know, a pretty standardized uniform. Although he did bring in a special one this, this past weekend. Man, one that I
2: have liked pretty recently and I think, I think it was, it may have been when they played Houston last year. I'm not really sure, but man, I have liked the white helmets lately.
0: So when, when the white helmets first came out, they were horrendous.
2: They were, I didn't care for them at first, but then they fine tuned them and they got them looking really nice. And I, I think against Houston, they wore all white and I was really, or maybe they had red pants. I don't know, but I was really impressed with that look. And I was surprised how much I liked an all white uniform with just red on the, you know, red accents and everything.
0: I thought that looked really sharp. Sorry, I, I was going to clarify when I said when they when they brought the, the white uniform, the white helmets back or when, when they first came out. I was talking about when Towerville brought them back. Not not the previous um, previous iteration. Yeah. So they wore white helmet, red shirt, white pants in that game.
2: Yeah, that was, that was a sharp look.
0: Not, I mean, I, I like the white helmets, but I, I would rather just like, if you're going to wear a white helmet, I'd rather like the uniform be all white and, and just wear on the road. I don't like the red helmets. I don't think they, they found the right color yet, which is strange. Cause like, did it, it, they,
2: were those the ones with the, yeah, those were, those the ones with the flat double T on them and the stars.
0: No, I don't think so.
2: Okay. Because there was one that they would, I'm pretty sure there was one they wore all white with the flat double T and the stars on the helmet. And man, I. Was that versus that really, Texas? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Anywho, that's probably enough uniform talk. Uh, except for this, I'll say I've always liked my high school is purple and gold. And Strange. It was a very deep purple and a very yellow gold. So I have a lot of opinions on purple and I think Kansas state is probably one of, if not the best purple looking, you know, purple uniforms in sports. They, it's just a nice shade of purple. And then I like that silver slash gray that, that goes with
0: it. I think it's a good look. I think that's one of the only ones they do that does, like you said, that does purple well.
2: Yeah. It's hard to do purple. Well, I know that for a fact, cause I went to a school that tried and still are trying, but.
0: Uh, k-state has it down okay so it does look like the white helmet with the stars was last year versus houston so god dang of course i'm getting my uniform takes crossed all right um one more thing before we wrap this one up for the night michael let's talk about what we learned what did we learn palmer i don't know sir i don't know either
2: all right, Michael, what do we learn? I learned that my Brewers, huge lifelong fan here, at, with a record of 29 and 31, <laughs> made the MLB playoffs. The first time a baseball team has made the playoffs ever with a losing record.
0: And they weren't the only ones this year.
2: And, right, but they were the first ones. <laughs> I don't it blows think my they were mind. the only ones, but they were the first ones. So, so magic happened. On um, over the weekend, the, the Brewers lost, but <laughs> due to some <laughs> backdoored, yeah, due to some shenanigans across across baseball, they they made their way into the playoffs. So I'm going to try to watch some of that, even though it doesn't start until
1: probably uh, Wednesday.
2: It, it's Wednesday, but it's either eight or nine o'clock because it's it's against the Dodgers. So, whoo
0: Oh, I, that's, a, that's a tough draw, man.
2: <laughs> that's a late night to start a game. But anyway, three-game series against the Dodgers. Uh, I have to admit my fandom of the Brewers immediately kind of played second fiddle once the NBA started and then almost completely went away once football <laughs> started. But the the fire always burned, guys. It was always there, just smoldering in the background. And now it's a, a huge fan flame. And I, I fully expect to fall asleep in the fourth inning tomorrow night and um, find out what happened in the morning.
0: As you watch your brewers take on my Dodgers.
2: Oh, that's right. Your, your Dodgers. That's <laughs> my right. oh, man. Dodgers.
0: Fisticuffs. Yeah. So the one thing I learned, uh, I promise we talk about food. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago and it was, I guess something that Wendy's has been talking about for a while that uh, bacon pretzel pub cheeseburger, whatever, whatever they call it. Um, I I need to apologize to you because I
2: finally saw the commercial because I mistakenly thought this was something they had already been doing and you saw an old commercial, but no, this looks, this is new. This is different.
0: It looks really good. How was it? Okay. So I went and had the burger yesterday had the burger yesterday for lunch, um, on the pretzel bun, pretzel bun was not my favorite part. Um, the fried onion strings, way good. Uh Ooh, nice. Bacon was obviously really good. But hear me out, guys. For a fast food joint, their beer cheese was fan freaking tastic. We got it on the burger. Um when we pulled up, because the, the commercial only talks about the burger, right? We pull up and they have like three like banner advertisements on their drive through window ordering box, whatever, what, what do you, whatever you want to call that thing. One was for the pretzel burger. Then they had one, the same kind of sandwich setup, but for a chicken sandwich and they had it for fries. I was like, Hmm. Oh, <laughs> okay. So we picked up an order of the fries. Samantha and I pounded those fries. She's a big fan of getting, uh, I think it's at Applebee's. I, I can't remember. No free ads. Um, they have an appetizer of like a pretzel sticks with beer and cheese it's it's really good so we tried the fries oh my goodness it was really good so it was the fries the beer cheese it had some it shredded cheese yeah. and like crumbled bacon on it mm. we went back for those fries today <laughs> we got them back to back days it was that good um that's but you, when you know no no but like seriously guys the beer cheese sauce itself I mean, it's, it's surprisingly good considering it's coming from a fast food place that does not sell alcohol.
2: Yeah. They have, they do not have the ingredients to make beer cheese on site. So it's coming pre-packaged from somewhere. I will admit this. They've always somehow, I'm probably in the minority here, but I always thought they
0: made a good chili. Mm Their chili is good. Their burgers are like square burger on the round bun. it still gets you feel
2: like someone who could make a good chili you could trust them to make
0: a good beer cheese so this is this is good news this gives me hope for humanity so the fries uh i think they're like three dollars because i think all the the extra toppings whatever it's like a dollar upgrade or whatever worth it spend the three dollars get the get the fries the burger was was okay i'm i'm like i said wasn't the biggest fan of the pretzel bun but if you order on the app, you can actually switch out the bun and <laughs> just get like a regular oh, bun, okay. um, which, I, you know, if I do it again, I may try that. But the fries on their own way good. So that's what I learned. Wendy's makes a pretty good beer cheese sauce. Wendy's,
2: if you're listening, you can you can DM us at 23 personnel on Twitter
0: for advertising opportunities. We'd love to talk with you absolutely so that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast this week we will have um a post-game instant reaction podcast to kansas day probably at the very similar schedule we did this last week and re- release it a little bit later in the evening uh with with our schedules going on uh be sure to catch us on the rob bro college tailgate show saturday morning 10 to noon kkam.com talk 1340 mobile app espn 960 down in san angelo For Michael, I am Spencer. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on StakingThePlanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And
2: until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Look around. You can find cars
0: like these on AutoTrader.